Amen. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's good. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Happy Labor Day weekend. That's about all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> Lamentations, the uh, third chapter. This is the final message in this series, uh, Don't Lose Heart. Uh, what do you do when your world falls apart? And uh, it's amazing. What do you do? This week I dealt with four cases where the world fell apart for the family. Uh, unusual circumstances they, uh, they could not control. Uh, what do you do when, <clears throat> for example, uh, your boss comes to you and says, uh, we're, we're, doing, we're cutting back and we are, what's the word? We're down what? Downsizing. We're downsizing and that means we're getting rid of you. Or better yet, they come along and just really, you know, they don't want to hurt your feelings with this walk and say, you're fired. Well, what did I do wrong? Well, I can't explain it. Well, what do you mean you can't explain it? Well, it doesn't matter because you're just out of here. Get your stuff and get out. You're fired. That's really encouraging, isn't it? Well, most of us, I mean, I know I, 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 like, I like getting compensation for working. How about anybody else there? You join me. I mean, I mean maybe you just say, well, it doesn't matter to me. You know, uh, if I don't get paid for a month or six weeks or two months, I'm, I'm going to be just fine. How many, how many of you like that? Now, some of you ought to be raising your hand because I know you're filthy rich. <laughs> I didn't say you're filthy. I said filthy rich. All right, so we got it. So what do you do when somebody you love say, you know what, I've been married to you for a while. I can't stand you anymore. Can't stand to look at you. Can't stand to smell you. Can't stand to see you smile. Don't want you in the same house in the same room that I'm in. If you don't mind, get lost. Out. So I'd say that's world coming. Or you go see the doctor and say, no wonder you've been feeling not so good. You know, I found a mass on your lungs. You know, and uh, your liver is damaged too. So, well, well, thanks. I'm glad I came to you today. You know, uh, when your world falls apart, what happens when somebody you know love just falls dead? You say, does that happen? It happened here this week. No, nobody in, you know, here, you, you, you wouldn't be here, but it fell dead. You can make up your own story, and you have your own stories. You have your own stories. I dealt with a, dealt with a person this week, could not necessarily control an adult child. He's a minister. Call me, he said, you've known her since she was a baby. Can I, can I quote you to her? Pastor Wayne said so-and-so. I thought, well, <laughs> better yet, bring her to Pastor Wayne. He has good news for her. I mean, no, she's a man just crazy. Well, Jeremiah, how many of you ever heard of him? Okay. How many of you know that he is not Isaiah's brother? Okay. And uh, not related to Nehemiah, but Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Anybody named Jeremiah here? Anybody? I'm looking. Anybody named Jeremiah? All right. Nobody will take this personal then. <laughs> Jeremiah uh, wrote two books. One is the book of? Come on now, y'all help me out. The book of? Jeremiah. Well, there you are. And he also wrote another book. You know what the name of that book is? Lamentations. In the English, you know what lamentations mean? Lamentations mean complain. How many of you know somebody that could have written that book, complain? 
That's what it means. <laughs> the word lamentations mean complain. I mean, complain about this. You complain about that. You complain about everything. That's, Je- that's Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations. Nothing is going right. And he has a lot to complain about. He's literally watched his people, Israel, just literally fall apart. They've turned their back on God. He's watching enemies come in and just capture his people, haul them off as, as slaves. And he knows the reason why. He knows it's all because they've not been good. They've not been obedient to God. And it's his job to be the person to tell everybody, this is what you are doing wrong. But guess what? When you take that kind of a step, somebody's not going to like you. How many of you by raised hand believe that there are those who already don't like you? Just go ahead and raise your hand up. That's good. How many would like everybody to like you all the time? How many of you know that's not going to be reality? See, I know what I'm talking about. Some of you are so into football. (laughs) You don't like anybody from the Gators. That's right. And some of us, we don't, we don't like Alabama. I mean, some people don't like Alabama. Florida State doesn't like Alabama this morning. But anyway, a lot of people don't like a lot of things. So I want to give you several steps. If uh, Like some of these people, and some of you know, that the challenges that hit us, what do you do? Now, here's what I know as, as pastor here. Just because you're a member here at Victory Church, I know that y'all don't behave all the time. Y'all understand? And I know what you're thinking. It's because I, we know you don't behave all the time. I give it up. All right? You know, there's sometimes I'm, I'm like Job, you know. God, boy, I blew it there. So we're all on the same page. Is that okay? Say amen. amen. I didn't hear you in the balcony. Say amen. amen. Thank you all up there. So here we go. So what do you do when those kind of things happen? First, uh, number one, uh, you want to just take all your problems and put them on the Lord, all your complaints. That's number one. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 1 is where we're going to take off there. So I unload all of my frustrations on the Lord. So here's the text for that. It's Lamentations 3. Lamentations is right there in the Bible. And here's the text for that. Here's what it says. <clears throat> Jeremiah is saying, I am a man. I want you to listen to this heart. I'm a man who's seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. And his wrath is capitalized because he's talking about God's wrath. It's, uh, he's driven me away and made me walk in darkness right rather than light. Indeed has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old. Try oil of Olay. Grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. What an encouraging few words. He is telling God just like it is. Now, before I get too far in the message, we have hundreds and hundreds from around the world right now watching online. They can hear you. Would you give them a great big welcome? Put your hands together. 
God can handle your anger. God can handle your gripes. God can handle your frustration. God can handle your grief. God can handle anything you throw at him because he's still going to be a sovereign God. And we ought to learn to take our challenges and difficulties to the Lord. And we tell him what it is that's bothering us. You know what we usually do? We tell everybody under the sun. We tell everybody under the sun. We reveal our heart. We reveal our bitterness. We reveal our dislike. We don't like this. We don't like that. And we tell it to some people that, that might be our friends and we're talking about somebody else and it's one big old mess. Let me tell you something, friend. Don't do that. Take it to Jesus because the bottom line at the end of the day, your friends are going to say, I'm going to pray for you and they don't and they're going to walk away and they're going to say, that's the complaining. It's an individual I ever ran into in my life. And if you think they care, most of the time they don't don't. That's reality. It's reality. They just don't. Why? They got their own problems. Their own problems. So he says, take it to Jesus. And when you fail to do that, and bitterness builds up, hurt builds up, anger builds up, woe is me builds up, self-pity builds up, all that stuff, it adversely affects you. That's why you got ulcers. That's why you're stressed all the time. That's why your brain just swirls around like you're over at Disney somewhere on a merry-go-round. All of that because you, your body cannot take all of that stress because you don't really, you can relieve it to people that can't do anything about it, but you can take it to one who can do something about it. And Jeremiah says, okay, here I am, Lamentations 3, 17 and 18. I cannot find peace. I cannot remember happiness. I tell myself I'm finished. I can't count on the Lord to do anything for me. God, I have had enough. Oh, have you now? Have you now? God said it's okay to share from the inside out to your heavenly Father. You understand that now what is happening, you may not understand it now, but God says, hey, just wait. I might tell you later and I might not, but put your trust in me. Number two, I must turn my focus away from my pain or the purpose or person of my pain to God's love. Are you angry at anybody? Do you hate anybody? Do you resent people? Is there anybody in your life you just can't stand? I just can't stand them. You don't have a license to do that. I said, you don't have a license to do that. Anybody in your life, you're still carrying a grudge? You don't have a license to say, I'm a blood-bought lamb of God. Except that part of my life, God knows all about it, and he doesn't like it, too. He doesn't like it. See, you carry that stuff. Focus on, on God's love and not your pain. It's not going to resolve anything. It's going to create problems in you that creates barriers. And get this, it restricts God's flow of favor to you. It restricts God's flow of favor to you. Lamentations 3:19, it says, The thought of my pain and my homelessness is like bitter poison. I want to spit it out. I think of it constantly, and my spirit is depressed. Some of you got divorced, and you still, against the person who left, you still are carrying just a cross for you that says, I cannot stand up. Forgive them. Amen. Forgive them. They lost their mind when they left you. I know this is good preaching. And I know when it's good because y'all get quiet. 
just like the Florida fans yesterday. <laughs> Bitterness is poison that hurts you, that brings harm to you, that creates a barrier between you and God. The person you dislike probably is not even thinking about you. They don't know that you feel the way that you feel. I told them one time, they don't care. So what do you do? Put it on the altar and leave it there. Well, I tried that. Do it again. I did it twice. Do it again. I did it again. Do it again. Do it again until you get absolutely tired of doing it again, and eventually you'll say it ain't worth it anymore. I'm yard talking today, everybody. In my life of ministry, I got a whole ton of people, a whole lot of people that I got crossways with. Didn't like, and you know what? When you throw, I don't know what, they're, what, what caused that. I've had people apologize to me. I, I don't know what in the world they apologize for. But I thank you. If you think you need to apologize to me, I'll be in, on the lobby. You understand what I'm saying? Don't we all want to have peace and joy in our heart? Amen? Don't we want to live above the average person? Don't we want to be free from the power of darkness? So if you want to change, here's something you need to remember. Change the way you think. Say that out loud with me on three. One, two, three. Change the way you think. Somebody said it's impossible for me. You're right because you don't think at all. Somebody asked the precious old saint, well, as you, I mean, we never hear you say anything negative about anybody. You never criticize. You never complain. You never do anything. She said, here's what I do. And she, was, she had no teeth. She said, I chew on everything I say before I spit it out. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I chew on everything I say before I spit it out. Change the way that you think. So I want to get along with everybody. I don't want this in my heart. Here's what the Bible says. The Lord's unfailing love and his mercy still continue. Fresh as morning, as sure as the sunrise. The Lord is all I have. The Lord is all I have. So in him I put my hope. I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is all I have. People in Texas, many of them are saying, hey, I don't have anybody coming by today. That's going to pay, hey, here, here's a check for $100,000, rebuild your house. You know what they've come to the conclusion so quickly that their life just split apart? Hey, I found out the Lord is all I got. The Lord is all I got. And hopefully the Lord's people will pay attention and the Lord will move in the right direction. And he said it will be as fresh as fresh can be. God is all that I have. Lamentations 331. The Lord is merciful and he won't reject us forever. He may bring us sorrow, but his love for us is sure and strong. He takes no pleasure in causing us grief or pain. When you're in pain, God's in the middle. When you're grieving, he's in the middle. When you're missing a mortgage payment, he's in the middle of it. Just remember, he's the one who has the ability to change it. Number three, I need to get along with God and wait. How many of you like to wait? I mean, the, the longer the line, the better it is for you. I don't know, that's why we have microwaves, isn't it? So we love to wait, don't we? Put 15 seconds and there it is, bing. You get a hot pocket, throw that crazy thing in there. Anybody ever eat those things, that hot pocket stuff? Anybody? It's good. Is it pretty good? Hot pocket? Pretty good. That's good. 
So let me ask you a question. You'd rather have a nice big ribeye with a baked potato and sour cream and salad or a hot pocket? Which is it? Hot pocket? Raise your hand. The ribeye? Raise your hand. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Pizza out of the freezer and throw it in the microwave. That's really got to be good. Somebody said, well, pastor, if you, if you live where I live, I've eaten Spam. I've eaten corned beef hash with barbecue sauce in it. Hello. With bread you bought from the day-old, the three-day-old bread place. I know what that's like. I know how to slice off the mildew or the what of the mildew or whatever the green stuff is. Get rid of it because the other stuff's got to be good. Hello. Get alone and wait. So I'm going to preach to me. Y'all just get in on it. Lamentations 3. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. It doesn't mean go off. Everybody got it? I did, buddy. I went off all right. That's not what that means. Go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. I had a lady that I dealt with helping her with her family this week. And, of course, law enforcement was involved. And she said, now all I can do is I just stare at the wall. Found out that that's happened to my, my child. I just stare at the wall. I can't. I've cried out all the tears. I just stare at the wall. Sometimes just staring at the wall might help. Amen? But here's what he's suggesting. He said, in the midst of frustration and confusion, Jeremiah is saying, get alone and wait with God. Just find you a place. It's not a day, not three hours. Sometimes it's just a matter. I need to settle down and just take a deep breath and get over here and just not push the television on mute so you can still look at the screen. But I just need to get quiet. Get quiet. We don't even do that anymore. We think something has always got to be happening. But here's what Jeremiah is saying to us. It's the same thing that Jesus did when it was almost more than he could take. What did he do? He retreated away. So I got to get, get with the Father. And the number one stress reliever I can tell you that will help you more than anything is getting with God and laying that stress on him and letting it letting that peace that passes all understanding begin to grip your heart. And here's what else I know. When you get real quiet, God is seldom quiet if you give him time to talk. Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. It's the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. It says, find a quiet, this is Jesus' teaching. I'm going to Israel, April 9th. I can see that hillside where Jesus taught those Beatitudes as clear as now. I've been there several times. But he's standing there teaching you thousands. He says, find a quiet, this is the message version, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense God's grace and God's blessing. Take time to let him speak 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 lamentations 325 the lord is good to everyone who trusts him so it is best for us to wait in patience to wait for him to save us it's kind of like how many of you remember the movie braveheart okay six of you how many remember the movie superman 
How many remember the movie Andy Griffin? How many don't remember anything? How many of you remember Alabama's win over Florida State? Oh, now y'all come to life. Braveheart. Here it is. Minimal army, Braveheart's group, bows, arrows, ready, spears. A massive enemy coming toward them. Mel Gibson is Braveheart. Says, hey guys, don't shoot until I say so. Wait. We can't waste the arrows. We can't waste the spears. Wait. They, the enemy came uncomfortably close. And they're thinking, you got to shoot, got to shoot, got to shoot. Then he said, now, and they let loose and finally won in that battle. What, what was it? He says, just wait. Here's number four. Change the things that you can change. How many of you how many of you are married? All right, see, come on now. Get up real high. You don't have to be ashamed of who you're married to. Get up real high. Got them up and glad you're married. How many of you are happily married? Get it up. That's right. There you go. How many of you men think you can change your mother-in-law? How many of you mother-in-laws think you can change your son-in-law? Get your hand up. How many of you husbands think you're going to change your little woman, your wife? Come on, get it up. You, you, you think you can. God bless you, brother. How many of you women have tried and tried to change your husband and you haven't been able to? How many know that he needs to be changed? Raise your hand. Sure. You ain't, here's yard talk. You ain't going to change anybody. All you're going to do is make them mad and resentful. And they're going to get worse than you could ever imagine. That's right. Mother-in-laws, I love my mother-in-law. One guy said one time, you know what mixed emotions is? What's that? He said, it's your brand new Cadillac driving over a cliff with your mother-in-law in it. That's mixed emotions. I didn't say that. I'm just telling you what he said. I love my mother-in-law. I don't have a Cadillac either. I'm an Escalade. <laughs> you can't. So who are you going to change? I'll talk to you after church. <laughs> who, 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 who are you going to change? You can't change anybody. You can't change your past. It's past. You can't change your parents. Ha ha. You didn't have anything to do with it, but they're still your parents. Respect them, love them, and honor them no matter what. Why you say that? You don't, you don't know them. No. But do that because that's what the Bible says. See, you're gonna, so who are you going to change? Who are you going to change? Who, who are you going to change? Come on now. Come on. Who are you, who you going to change? You're going to change yourself. You. You. You're going to change you. Well, I don't think I need to be changed. Listen to your friends. <laughs> well, how do you know what to change? How do you know what to change? Here, here's what Lamentation said. So it's the book of complaints. We might as well stick with it. Some things you just learn to accept. It's called the principle of acceptance. 
Let's say there's somebody that you're related to. They just get on your nerves all the time. Every time they open their big, I mean, they open their mouth. It's like, here comes some more of it. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're just going to accept them. They are, the, they are the way they are. Or every time you get around them, guess who's going to be upset? You are. You can't stand them. They open their mouth one more time. I'm going to give them peace of my mind. You've already done that too much. You don't have much left. Be careful. I want to give away a piece. I don't want to do that. So if you can't do that, it's a principle of acceptance. Let me say this to some of you. Accept the season that you're in right now. You may like it or you may not like it. But if you're going to fight it all the time, you're going to wear yourself out. If you've got a set of problems that are too great, what are you going to do? Just accept that. Tell it to Jesus. Well, what about the Bible that says, bless God, I see it, I'm not going to accept it. No, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about spiritual warfare. I'm thinking about don't get yourself worked up in a tizzy about stuff or people you cannot change. Live freely with yourself, but you can change you. You can look in your life, and this is what it says in Lamentations 3, verse 40. This is what you can't change your wife, you don't change your boss. He said, let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. What did he just say? You examine yourself. You look and say, what, what is in me that I know that's wrong that I need God to take care of? What is it that I do that I just need God to help me with? What, what is about me? that I, I need to change. I do. It's like yesterday. Driving. I had to do some creative driving. Sharon was in the car. You know, here's it is. I didn't say, uh, I'm going to have to stop real quick for you to get out because I'm about to do some creative driving. You know, and after I did the creative driving... It's just creative driving. A U-turn. I saw the sign. Look in your heart. If you find fear that's there, and all of us have a fear, some have hidden fears, boy, if that broke or that happened, That'd be it. How are you going to live your life that way? When you're going to take whatever that is, you're just going to put it on the Lord. Fear, oh my gracious life, it's going to paralyze you. Ann Landers was asked when she was at the height of her popularity, what's the number one thing people write about? She said, absolutely fear. The fear of going broke, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of death, fear of not beating your obligations financially. Jeremiah had every reason to be fearful. And all he could say is, let me tell you why you're in the condition that you're in. He's telling the people, here's what you need to do. I can tell you what's wrong with our nation. He was anointed of God, and the people did not want to listen. They did not like it. 
Jeremiah, would you please hush? We don't want to hear you anymore. All you ever do is tell us about our fear. You tell us about our problem. You tell us what we need to do to straighten out. And this is what Lamentations 3, verse number 53 says, happened to Jeremiah. My enemies threw me into a pit and dropped stones on me. They must really love him. The water flowed above my head, and I cried out, this is the end. But I called on your name, Lord. From deep within the well, and you heard me. You listened to my pleading, your message, my, my, your weeping. You heard my weeping, and yes, you came at my despairing cry, and you told me, don't be afraid. There are a lot of fear, not 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every single day. Fear not, but don't live your life in what might happen. Live your life in the presence of the Lord. Examine yourself, get free. Number five, I ask God to relieve my fear. God, you take away from me that that brings fear. Here's what he said. I call on your name. You listened to my pleading and you heard my weeping. David said, I know what that's like in Psalms 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. From all my fears. Psalms 27, 13. It says, listen, he's going through a super hard time. I, I, I would have despaired. I would have given up. I was ready to throw in the towel. I would have despaired when my world fell apart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When my life falls apart. What is fear? Spelled out. F-E-A. What? R. Thank you. Here it is. F. False. E. Evidence. A. Appearing. R. Real. False evidence appearing real. You have nothing to fear by the grace of God. Amen. Amen? Nothing. Why? Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the fearful. I came to seek and to save the upset. I came to seek and to save the deranged. I came and seek to save the confused. He says, any of the lost, because he said, when I touch them, Behold, they become a new creation, and old things are passed away, and now the slate is clean, and you have nothing to worry about. Amen. Number six, and finally, I must expect Jesus to restore my life. Jeremiah said, as he prayed, restore us, O Lord, and bring me back to you again. Give us back the joy that we once had. Lamentations 3.24, deep in my hurt, I say the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends around the world, a lot of friends. Some of my friends like me. Some of my friends don't like me so much. Everybody understands some of my friends like me sometimes, and some of my friends don't like me sometimes. But I'm not keeping score. I'm just glad to have friends. How about you? I'm not keeping a score. How silly is that? Here's what I do know. As long as he is okay. If he's okay, I'm okay. Amen? Amen? He's okay, I'm okay. That means I have a friend in Jesus. Amen? Amen. He can stop the devourer. He can hold back the pestilence. He can rain reward on me. As long as I got him, I am okay. Amen? 
I now know, and if it rains enough for a flood to take place, guess what? There's a boat coming by sooner or later, amen, because I have a friend in Jesus, amen. Somebody walks out on me, one day I'm going to heal, and my heart that's broken is going to heal, and I'm going to get better, and I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to believe that the end of my life is going to be better than the beginning of where I am now because I have a friend in Jesus. I might slack up on my finances right now, but I've got a friend in Jesus who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, amen, and his investment in me is not going to give up. I've got a friend, hallelujah, in Jesus. When I'm sick, he can heal me, and if he doesn't, he's prepared for me a mansion in heaven where I can be for him for all of eternity. I have a friend in Jesus Christ. If everybody else forsakes me, I got a friend who died for me and gave his life just for me. I've got a friend in Jesus, amen. When I'm confused and can't think straight, hallelujah, I can place my mind on him because I've got a friend in Jesus in the middle of my storm. It might rage and the wind might blow, but I know there's one whose hand I am in. I've got a friend in Jesus. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's my friend, hallelujah. And when I have done wrong, and I have messed up, hallelujah, I still got a friend in Jesus, amen. He said, just as I am, come on in, amen. Let me put my arms around you and care for you. That's the kind of friend he is. So when your world falls apart, you know where to go, amen. Tell it to Jesus. Would you stand and give the Lord an extra special clap offering? And let's get ready here. Come on, you got to do better than that. God is good all the time. When I was getting credentials with the Assemblies of God, and many years ago, I was... Uh, I don't know, at that time, the number one level of credential in which I had studied, et cetera, was a Christian worker. So it's like just a little higher than a Sunday school teacher certification. But you had to take tests and read the Bible, study the Bible. One of my best friends who uh, was a, he was a unique individual. And uh, he was uh, just super guy. But in test, it was open book test. And you could take your test and, and, uh, so I did my test, spent a lot of time studying it, word for word. And he, he, this is not, he was a unique individual. So he had a Volkswagen bug. Any of you ever have a Volkswagen bug? I had a Volkswagen bug. He had a Volkswagen bug. And, uh, it was, it was a good little car, but he got my test, my stuff. I hadn't turned it in yet, and he just copied it word for word, verbatim. The is, I mean, I mean, word for word. He didn't use any of his own words. He just copied it. There are four pages. <laughs> I didn't know that until I got in before the testing committee. There were about 20 of them, ministers of the Most High God. I'm, on, I'm at, right at 18 years of age, and I walk before the Sanhedrin. Well, Mr. Blackburn. Yes. 
And uh, so they just threw all kind of questions at me. I never did figure out I'm done. The guy who was my presbyter walked out and said, Wayne, there's a problem. What is it? Well, he called my friend's name. He said, he's in there now. And uh, he said, they asked him if he copied your test or you copied his. I said, what? Yeah. I said, well, I sure didn't copy his. I would have been afraid to, quite honestly, but I didn't. So when they asked him, he said, oh, yeah. I copied Wayne's test. Is there anything wrong with that? I thought it was, thought it was open book. <laughs> it's open book. It ought to be open test. <laughs> I mean, like, you remember I said he was unique, didn't you? <laughs> he was unique. He did. I had a lot of emotions. <clears throat> I had a lot of emotions. I thought I want to kill him. Thought I want to burn his car up. Thought I want to scratch his car, paint his car. I did lift his car up and take the two wheels off the back, set the car down on it. I mean, you know, it's creative engineering. But he's been a friend of mine my whole life. I want to tell you something. If you got Jesus... And you got at least one friend who, listen now, who will put up with you. Just one. And not being your mama. My mother's here. She has six children. All the others are her pets except me. <laughs> because I was the oldest. But if you got somebody else that loves you, be grateful to God. Amen. Leave this place today. So thank you, Jesus. And know this, that whatever season you're in, just don't try to knock it. Just accept it and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to get on through it because he cares. Amen. So would you bow your Amen. heads? You bow your heads. Those watching online, just bow your heads. And repeat this prayer, everybody, here and online. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I messed things up. I'm so sorry. I've sinned. I know that you died on the cross so that I could be redeemed. So forgive me today. Take all the turmoil that's in my heart. Let me forgive. Let me move beyond circumstances in my life because I know you care. God, I pray in Jesus' name you would restore me and meet my need right where I'm at. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you want to come down, the Bible says in James 5, 14, any sick among you? You need to bring in your heart of hearts, bring somebody down. Maybe you just need a tweak or a tune-up. I pray you'll be here tonight because tonight's not about us. President called a national day of prayer. i got to tell you, thank you, Jesus, that that's called because we're finally, maybe just for the moment, saying what matters. So we're going to have a time. We're going to have some worship. 
we're going to have some prayer. It's going to be about an hour. That's it. But we're just going to, maybe we're going to be quiet. We just talk to God. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. So plan to be here tonight. But if you need to get in this altar, we're going to sing this once. Stay with me now. Because the time where the enemy moves most in the lives of people is right now. People trying to make a decision to move or whatever. So let's don't disrupt that. You come right now. If you need prayer, whatever the reason, you slip down right now. Here we go. Let's sing.